there to self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. It's me, Jen, of course, but if you're new, welcome. I am a lifestyle YouTuber, a podcast host, obviously, and newfound TikToker and freelancer consultant in the social media space. Welcome. Let's start with what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week. And as always, you guys reflect on your weeks as well. So for me, what's in alignment is a lot of change coming up on the horizon. It always happens in September. One, that's when my lease is always up. But I always happen to be moving when there's a career change also. And it's always around my birthday and it's just like always in September. So we're coming on a year of moving into this apartment, moving in with Ethan. Maybe we'll do like a year after. We did a we did a moving in together episode. Maybe we'll do like a year after reflecting on the past year and how it's actually been. Something like that. Maybe an episode like that. Let me know if you're interested. But it's been a year since we moved, a year since I went part-time in PR and left the nine-to-five life. A lot of changes, and I'm anticipating some changes coming up in September, which I'm going to really divulge into when I vlog today on YouTube. So maybe we'll get into that soon. Things are still up in the air, but I just feel it coming. I feel my priorities shifting, my desire shifting, and I find that exciting. You guys tell me if you appreciate having a bunch of change at once or if you prefer having like one thing at a time, you don't love change. I personally love a bunch at a time. I love like a new chapter, a new era. It's exciting. Yeah. So I'm excited. We'll see what happens with that. But then also I've been loving low impact workouts the last week or so. It's been making me feel really good, flexible, limber, lean, and just like more sustained energy. I've been loving that. So especially with my shoulder, it's just been actually feeling good on my body, which I really appreciate. So that's actually a product recommendation that I have coming up. So let's get into out of alignment before that. Honestly, what else is new? I think it's just overwhelm. I'm having like a bit of an identity crisis because I'm not working for Shelby anymore simply because she went to Seattle moved there. She was supposed to move to New York and she didn't. And then she hired someone full-time there. So she's still coming on the podcast soon whenever she's in New York in person. Um, But I no longer have that stream of income anymore. And then obviously I had left PR as well. So I mean, I'm kind of thinking, do I go full-time somewhere? What do I, like, what's my next move kind of thing, which is kind of why I'm like, I see change on the horizon, but I don't necessarily know what it is yet. Which is overwhelming because you're like, I don't know. I'm like, I definitely still want to be a YouTuber. Obviously, I will never stop making YouTube videos, but I kind of could also see myself making YouTube videos while having a full-time job and just like Xing out of all the other stuff I'm doing. I don't know. It's something I'm thinking about. We'll see. It keeps life exciting. But yeah, I might just like apply to some jobs. I'm and see like only ones that I'm really excited about and passionate about. But in the meantime, I'm still doing some freelance and consultation work. So it's, I guess just what's out of alignment is being confused by myself. 
Like I'm finding myself being gravitated towards new things that I didn't think I would be and that are kind of giving me a little bit of an identity confusion. And yeah, so there's that. But let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. All right, product recommendation really quick is the Pevolve products. So I take Pevolve and it's kind of, it's a low impact workout that's rooted in physical therapy and they have a studio here in New York, but they also have an on-demand platform and they have all of the equipment that they use in class available online to purchase so that you could do their on-demand platform. And I have a bunch of the equipment that they gifted me just from coming into the studio. So I did an at-home workout, just like a YouTube one. It's like from their on-demand platform, but they put it on YouTube and I had the equipment at home and it was great. It was truly like I was in studio and I loved it and it's really rooted in physical therapy. So if you need to switch things up with your at-home workout, highly recommend. But the guest of this week is my friend Carter Sullivan. I was so excited to finally connect with her. We've been like internet friends, but haven't gotten the chance to really just dive into all things YouTube and everything on like basically a 45-minute FaceTime in front of you guys. So she's from Canada. She's trying to tackle nine-to-five life while also navigating life in her 20s from buying a house to getting a dog, everything in between. Her YouTube channel of over 60,000 subscribers consists of working nine-to-five lifestyle videos, budgeting videos, and trying to tackle life as a young adult. Her budgeting videos and reset routine videos are my favorite. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All things YouTube, YouTube strategy, YouTube growth, and budgeting. So how to actually budget, how to stick to your budget, how to prioritize some things in your budget, and just all things finance that I cannot speak to. We brought on Carter to speak about it in a really attainable, sustainable, and realistic, relatable way. So let's get into this episode. And if you think it could help anyone who's into YouTube or needs a budgeting reset or needs to know how to get into budgeting, figure out their finances, send it to a friend, who could use it or post it on your Instagram story. And I would really appreciate it. So let's get into the episode. We're going to take a quick break in the episode to talk about the next sponsor of this podcast, which is a product I use literally every day by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 honestly a year ago because I wanted to have better gut health, better sleep, more energy, all of it. And honestly, there were no supplements that actually tasted good. And I just hated taking so many pills and it just was not for me. So I finally tried AG1 and it tastes incredible. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right in the beginning of the day. I personally take it in my smoothies. I think it gives it such a nice flavor and it's just an easy way for me to get it in. Or I will just mix it in water really quick. It still tastes so good. The great thing about it is as someone with IBS and just like a bunch of dietary restrictions and just nothing ever sat well with me, it's completely lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, any of the things. There's no GMOs, no chemicals, artificial anything, and it still tastes good. 
So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Jen Lauren. That's athleticgreens.com slash Jen Lauren to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's get back into the episode. Hi, Carter. Finally, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. I'm so excited. We've been trying to just chat like as friends for a long time. I actually, I just said Tess Barclay on and it was like the same thing. We like have scheduled three different FaceTimes to just chat and like brainstorm and connect and they all got canceled. So I was like, we are scheduling my podcast so that we are forced to chat. And that's what this is. And no one is canceling. It's happening. <laughs> it's going down. Honestly, it's so hard. I think like everyone just has such different schedules, especially when you are partially self-employed or fully self-employed, right? Like everyone works best at different times. Like some people work really well in the evening and then some people work well during the day. And so it's just, it's so hard. I'm the same with Tess. Like Tess is one of my dearest best friends. And it is so hard to even just like schedule a call to catch up with a friend. Well, because it's all right, because you'll schedule it. But then when you're entrepreneurial, it's like you always feel like there's something else you should be doing. But when you schedule a podcast, it feels productive work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you got to do it. No, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with your top self care tip that's played a role in your success. Ooh. Okay, this one is like so cliche. And it's it's the one I give all the time, but it's taking more time for yourself. Because I feel like as entrepreneurs and self-employed people, we all kind of push self-care to the back burner, but plugging in more time for self-care is so important and it seems like counterproductive, right? You're like, well, I want to focus on work more, but scheduling in that self-care every night, every morning, whenever works best for you, like it's not a situation where less is more like more is really more with self-care. And I think that when you're first starting out, you're always like, Oh, well, that's fine. I'll just go for a walk like once a week or I just want to work 24 seven. I want to hustle, but scheduling in self-care, like it kind of sounds like, I mean, it's an adult thing. It's like scheduling self-care. It's like scheduling a date night. Like you don't think you're ever going to be the person to do it, but I literally schedule my self-care. I make sure to do it every single night. And that's my biggest tip. Schedule it in and do more of it. Everyone, everyone can use more self-care. Completely. I'm the same way. And I changed my perspective to self-care is productive because it's going to allow you to show up as your best self and most effective in every area of business, of work, of life and relationships. If you give to yourself first. So I completely agree. And it reminds me the other week, my friend was like looking at my Google calendar because she's just in a normal corporate job. And she's intrigued by the fact that I make my own schedule. So she was looking through it and she's like, you schedule a walk. Like I have to, I will. (laughs) Yep. No, I am the same. I schedule my lunchtime walk. I schedule my after work walk. I schedule reading time. Like, you know, you do what you got to do to make sure the self-care happens because like you said, self-care really is productive and it's going to allow you to show up and be your best self over and over again. Totally. Are you still in a full-time job? I'm not. No, I haven't been full-time <gasps> since about February. I'm part-time oh my God. now. Yeah. Congratulations. Welcome to the part-time club. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best club, honestly. I give kudos to anyone who can do content creation full-time. 
it terrifies me and I enjoy having a job to go to that does not relate to social media. I love social media to death. I obviously love what I do, but it's nice to have that break and be able to like do something else and kind of turn on my different brain. Like I call it my, I turn on my human resources brain, like I turn on my work brain. And it's, it, for me, it's really nice. I think it depends who you are as a person. Some people need to do it full time. I like having not a distraction really, but just having another job to go to that I can kind of do something completely different because obviously social media really can be a toxic place. And if you, if you go down that rabbit hole and so it's nice to do something else and yeah, I'm a part-time galley and I love it. (laughs) I totally get that. And a huge part of it is the fact that like people think you have to either go full time and either risk everything or just like jump into it or be right. Or be like completely full-time corporate desk job. And I'm with you. I went part-time, but one thing I do is I go to, I work at the Rumble front desk like a few days a week. It gives me, it's not where I make most of my money. It's a minimum wage job, but it gives me, first of all, free gym, but also somewhere to go where there's community and there's people and there's something else to do outside of just working for myself and on my phone. So in a different capacity, I completely agree with that. It's like, I need something else and I get stuff there's perks there's benefits to it Mm -hmm. but a big part of it is just having like something else to do and a different side of your brain to turn on that just doesn't depend on always being on on camera or editing I think it helps too right that we're both in these roles that also aren't social media dependent like there's a lot of people that do social media full-time but then also do you know part-time freelance or marketing and like I give the biggest kudos to those people like people like Tess that do that because you're just like in social media 24 7 like that's why I like being in healthcare it's why I like doing the human resources job you know my coworkers, I don't talk about social media in my corporate job not that I'm embarrassed of it I just it's nice to have a space where like that's not what you talk about it's it's nice to feel needed in a different sense because when you're doing social media so much of your life is on social media it's responding to comments it's being on your phone 24 7 and it's so nice to have a job where you can talk about normal things like for me like oh how did this interview go with this person are we gonna hire them are we gonna help them get a visa and all this stuff it's so nice to feel important and have this sense of fulfillment outside of social media don't get me wrong. I love it. I love social media, but. <laughs> no, I totally, totally get that because I left my PR agency and it wasn't because I was opposed to working part time. It was just too much coming up with ideas and all, and yeah. like the creative brain was needed of me 24 seven. You so want to being- focus on those ideas for yourself and your brand totally. and, and you know, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. Totally. And since Shelby, I was working for Shelby Church for a, a minute there because she was moving to New York City. And then she ended up moving to Seattle. So I'm not working with her as much anymore. But like when she comes to New York, I'll film for her and whatnot. But I was editing her videos all the time and I had nothing to pour into my own. So yeah. it's like you have to find the balance of making an income on the side, but what is going to allow you to, because the point of going part-time is to be able to have more time and energy for social media. So what's going to work for you in order to do that? Maybe it's not doing someone else's social media or maybe it's true. I did that for a hot minute too. I was editing some YouTube videos for a friend of mine and I was like, I can't do this because I don't even want to edit my own videos at the end of the day. Like I I want to focus on myself and growing my brand and no offense to anyone else, but I'm like, I would, I want to focus zone in on myself not totally I started paying an editor because I couldn't I couldn't do both 
Um, yeah. But there's so much I want to get into with you. So, because yeah. I have a feeling we're going to go on 10,000 tangents. I'm curious, let's take it back to like when you started yeah. your YouTube channel, because I clicked like oldest videos and I could see yeah. that you, you've basically evolved from barn videos to budget videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's just, like B2B, like yeah. that was smooth. I'm just like so intrigued by it. So can you tell us why you started YouTube and just like how it's evolved since then? Yeah. So I mean, I'm a firm believer, and this is like my biggest piece of advice, which I know you asked me after, after is you have to put onto YouTube what's missing, what you look for and can't find. And for me, it was like, oh, like no one talks about their horse. I'm I'm an avid equestrian. I've had a horse for seven, eight years. It's a huge part of my life. And um, that was what was missing for me. I wanted to like document that. And it was, I'm clearly all for like exploring niches that haven't really been explored much. So I did that for a bit, established a good following. Um, But then the issue is you have like this initial following that maybe doesn't necessarily kind of want to follow you into the lifestyle area. So then, you know, I was started university. And once again, I mean, this was the era of like Abby Aslan, Katie Horan, Daniel Carolyn college vlogs, like everyone and their mom is at UGA and like all these things. And I was like, oh, this is fun. But like, we don't really have sororities in Canada. We don't do all these like big football games. And no one talks about college in Canada. And so I was like, okay, this is it. This is where I'm gonna put my heart and soul into. And so I started the whole college experience in Canada. And I think that that is really where I developed that following of like more lifestyle people that wanted to follow me. And then of course I graduated and it's a natural progression that people will probably follow you if you started in the college vlogs and transitioned to adulthood because most people are doing that too. They are too. And so then came the post-grad journey and the work, working nine to five corporate galley journey, which was short-lived, not because I didn't want to, but just with, you know, work conflicts and stuff. And so here I am, a lifestyle budgeter, getting through life in my 20s gal now. And I think it's all about just evolving and constantly bettering yourself and exploring new niches. And there's nothing wrong with trying something and it doesn't work out for you. Like that's okay. You tried at least. Um, and then really kind of like narrowing it down to a few niches. Cause I don't want people to know me for 600 things. I want people to think of three words and think of me, right? Like I want people to think of budgeting and think of me. I want people to think of holy can I swear on here? Yes, please. Holy <laughs> shit. I just graduated school. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Carter's here for that, you know, getting through life in your 20s. Right. And then just like lifestyle in general. Yeah. So then, okay, was that an intentional choice or was it you tried out a budgeting video and it really took off and you were like, I got to go with this? So totally cliche but it really happens when you least expect it and on like the most random video I had started I mean obviously the monthly resets is probably what I could say I'm most known for and that's been going on for almost two years now and I could tell that when I was filming those monthly resets back in like 2020 people really loved the budgeting portion I was like really aggressively paying off student loans during the pandemic and people kind of liked that journey so I started the more budgety videos probably beginning of 2021 and people just really liked it. it wasn't it was doing average like it was doing good people enjoyed that content and then last fall 
I literally vividly remember that Matt was working from home with me and I was like, I'm on my lunch break. It's, you know, it's kind of a blah day out. I'm just going to film a video, which is like what I do half the time. Like, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm going to film a video. Mm-hmm. Not on the clock, obviously, like on my lunch break. And <laughs> I had just gotten paid and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be so fun to like go through how I budget my paychecks like in depth? And so it was a bonus video, not thought out at all. Literally sat down, press record, came from my mind, uploaded um, it as a bonus video, like, on a Friday, I upload, you know, the three times a week. So I uploaded that as on the Friday and did average at first. And then out of nowhere, it's picked up on the algorithm, like three different times, three months apart, over half a million views. And here we are. Wow. So definitely how, comes randomly. <laughs> how many subscribers did you have at that point? Cause I remember following you. Um, I knew you like during lockdown pandemic and I feel like it was 20, 20 K maybe not Mm -hmm. even like, wow. Yeah. I would say around 20 K because that was also like kind of when I signed with management a bit before that. So around 20 K and that thumbnail, I feel like (laughs) was it like, I feel like that's why it did so well too. Cause when I was looking at it, I was like, this thumbnail would make me want to click too. Like it's right. It's super cool and trendy and like almost mysterious instead totally. of like a cheesy, like do my paychecks with me. Like you know, here, what I mean? like, money. No, I agree, and I kind of did it purposely that like you could see the budget spreadsheet in the background, but you can't. And that like style thumbnail has become kind of like the my budget. Like I probably what I'm known for in terms of budget thumbnails. Like all of my thumbnails look like that for budget videos now. It's like a way to yeah. really tell like if you're searching on YouTube budget with me videos and you see them like that you're probably gonna know it's me and so it's it's yeah it's it's crazy (laughs) are you sharing all of the numbers like are you sharing are you very open about you know your income or like how do you pick and choose Um, what to share so I'm I mean I I don't want to say I'm not open I'm relatively open with it I have um not really started cutting back. I've definitely hit the point where I'm starting to get backlash for it. Like, it's just not relatable anymore. You have the people that are like, wow, this is like so inspiring to share. And then you have the people that are like, okay, peace out. Like you're not really relatable anymore, which is totally fine. Like people are going to come and go in different seasons of their life. Um, But it's definitely some months, a decent amount more. I actually don't share my brand deal income on those spreadsheets mainly because that just stays in my business account and my budgeting is more like personal everyday life um so it's typically usually a decent bit more um but I've just chosen to kind of like keep that separately from my AdSense just because it does just stay in my business account um so I'd say I'm honest for the most part Uh, I just you know there's probably some extra that I'm not including and I just don't think it's necessary at that point and it just stays in my business account it pays off the business credit card and then I let that build for when you know I need a new camera or something so it's not not important to include but I try to be as transparent as possible um, without coming across as like unrelatable anymore and I think I've done hopefully a decent job at like my lifestyle stayed relatively low compared to my income yeah I'm I'm just curious because I like made my first budgeting video recently for the same reason I was like I need to get my act together let me film a video while I do it like it was not planned this episode is brought to you by Shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, which I kind of like because when you plan yeah. a video, at least for me, I do my hair, I do my makeup. It feels like a whole thing. And yeah. I'm like in a tiny apartment. So the thought of setting up all the lighting and everything is honestly my biggest pain point. So I no, totally like filming outside, doing more New York City outside background as like a solution. Would you say yeah. the budgeting, like sharing the numbers is your biggest pain point? Like mine's definitely the lighting and the space. What's um, your biggest pain point? Or the haters are being comfortable in camera. Ooh, like That's a good one. I would say like probably the biggest two lighting. We live in like a pretty old um house like well not really old from the 80s 90s that we're renovating and the lighting is awful that's the one thing I wish that when we were looking at houses obviously I wasn't like I'm I'm still not a big star or anything but you right are. like this is my full-time job now and I wish I would have taken lighting more seriously when we were house hunting but I couldn't have known that it would take off and stuff like mm-hmm. that and paint does help but it definitely is my biggest struggle like when I'm filming a video I was editing a video this morning before work and I was in the video I stopped like four times and was like fuck the lighting sucks and like I just stop <laughs> and then I restart and then I wait for the cloud to pass and I'm like oh yep. my goodness like it's so frustrating. There's only certain spots in the house that I can film. Now the house is under construction, so I can't film anywhere. So I, I definitely think lighting is my biggest thing. And then just also trying to stay on this fine line of being relatable when you're budgeting and having a lot of the backlash. Like I said, I've tried really hard to keep up with not having lifestyle creep and you know I'm not I mean if you want to spend their money and go buy new bags and buy nice cars and go on nice trips literally go for it it's your right. money do what you want but when you're putting it online you know I'm not a huge spender besides buying books and so it's trying to find that fine line of being relatable but then also a lot of people are like oh it's so nice to see this people sharing how much they make on AdSense and how much they make on brand deals. Like it's really eye opening. So it's a fine line that you're trying to not cross. I know. I've never understood like getting hate for overspending. Cause to me, I'm like, those people are clearly jealous that this person online is able to afford these things. So if they were gifted the same amount of money, they would do the same thing. So I get it. You want to follow people that are relatable so you can like relate it back to your life and use their tips and stuff. But yeah, to outwardly like type and hate on someone for how they spend I think is so messed up yeah the biggest hate comment I probably get in terms of that is like you're gonna be canceled so soon because you clearly like flaunt your money and I'm like guys I literally don't really spend any money like all my money goes into savings YouTube could leave tomorrow you're like, like you ain't say nothing yet like <laughs> oh boy like please um, cancel me you're fine I, I hate the anxiety that I that kid. yeah no, like, exactly hate. It's awful. But what do you attribute your growth to? Because you were mentioning before something I hadn't really heard a lot, which is like you love to find an untapped niche. And I feel like that's really hard to do these days because there is a channel for everything. Everything. So what are your tips on that? If you were like when you've tried to find a new niche in the past, is it like strategic? Are you researching? Like what are your tips on for people who are YouTubers? I definitely think that 
yes, like most niches are explored, but there's always a way that you can put your own spin on it. And there's always a way to make you stand out. It's kind of like I said in my monthly reset routine this month that like starting a trend or like being like a founding person in a trend is really cool and fun. But what happens when so many people are filming these videos anymore that the original people don't even seem unique anymore. And it's it's constantly like evolving and adding things to my monthly reset to kind of make me stand out. And like what makes me stand apart from everyone else that's filming them, right? Is it my personality? Is it this way I edit, which is so simple, right? It's it, It's figuring out like how you can put yourself in a niche that could be overly saturated but put your own spin on it whether it's your editing your personality your like anything I I think you can still go into any niche nowadays because there's something that's always going to set you apart from other people look at like what I eat in a day is like there's certain people I watch just because I love the way that they edit what I eat in a day is probably the most famous video on YouTube right but there's certain people I watch because their editing is amazing or they're really raw and honest totally like Claudia Saluski I watch for her editing yeah and her house and like yeah it's so true but it's hard when you're the the person or the main character of the channel it's kind of hard to see what makes you stand out sometimes because to you it's all you know and it's like you're (laughs) every day and you're normal I like I literally I feel like I want you to go through people's channels and just like tell me what makes them stand out and what they should I feel like you'd be so good I would love to do that mainly because I'm just like a very unfiltered person so I would just say how it is can we start that series like can you please do it for me I'm not even kidding like what I will like tell me what I need to be using more of what I like what makes me stand out because I feel like that's such useful information No, it's totally true. I mean, yours is, will always be your thumbnails. Like your thumbnails are just really? like gal on the go. I love your thumbnails. Oh my God. Thank you. That is so kind. Yeah. I know. No, I'm I waiting. really, I really love them. I'm waiting for my, my paycheck video, my, <laughs> my viral video. I, what are your thoughts on like now that TikTok, do you feel like YouTube has kind of been slowing down a little bit now that TikTok- this is something I have a lot of anxiety about 24 7 because wow. it's my main source of income um but I you know I ask people their thoughts on this all the time my management team I ask my boyfriend like what do you think and I don't I I really don't I think YouTube I don't want to say it's in its prime because I hate the fact that there's like an up and then it just goes down like I think YouTube is definitely at a high level right now the pandemic obviously brought out like a lot of YouTube watching I personally think if we go into a recession, people are going to be at home watching videos. I don't think YouTube's going anywhere anytime soon. I could be naive to say that, but I'm very aware in the back of my head, like it could leave tomorrow. Like YouTube could just get shut down. I I really hope not. Whoever owns YouTube, Google, please don't do that. Elon Musk, I have no idea. Um, But I don't think it's going anywhere. Like people eat up long form content. You know, I was watching a YouTube video the other day on it, actually, just about how like Vine up and down and then like musically up and down and like TikTok obviously is still kind of like on its height up going up but you know YouTube you can make money without brand deals like once you've hit your AdSense markers you're going to make money just from people watching the creator fund there's a lot of issues with it I mean I'm not really on TikTok I just don't have the time of day to be quite honest I love watching them but I don't have the time to put into that same thing with Instagram right like Everyone is over the reels. Everyone is over all this stuff. People want Instagram to be Instagram again. And so I think YouTube is really not going anywhere just because people love long form content. And 
if I want to catch up with someone, I'm not going to watch their Instagram stories or their TikTok. Like, I'm going to YouTube and I'm watching their latest vlog. And I know that's not everyone's thought process, but I just think that YouTube, you can just make money from recording a video. You don't need to have a brand deal. You don't have anything. Whereas Instagram, you know, yeah, like Reels somehow you make money on now, but a lot of TikTok and Instagram is brand deals because like I said, the creator fund doesn't pay too much. So I don't think YouTube's going anywhere. You know what just hit me as you were saying that? There's like two camps. There's one that's like, you should get as much exposure as possible, get on every platform. And then there's one that's like, put your all into the one platform that lights you up. And I feel like we're, I don't, I believe in both, to be honest. Like, I don't. I I think there's like a fine line with both. And like either option, like there's nothing wrong with, right? Like, I think we both live on one. Like, I feel like I'm putting myself everywhere and you've put yourself all into YouTube. And YouTube is my number one, my heart and soul. That's where I want to be successful. And everyone else, everywhere else is just to like diversify for me but do you think that's what you would attribute a lot of your growth to have you been able to just Um, put your all your energy you have into the one platform it's I feel like with like videos doing well subscribers like it's so hard to like attribute what it's from like you can ask people but like I genuinely like obviously you know I've had like the one or two videos do really well and stuff but I do think and it, this isn't me bashing people on multiple platforms because I think at the end of the day, both options are really smart. Like, I don't think there's a right or wrong way, but I do think like my consistency has helped so much. I tried to start a podcast. I realized I didn't have the time to commit to it like I should. And so I was like, yep, I'm putting that time and energy back into YouTube, right? Trying to pick back up Instagram again and kind of put more energy into it instead of making it just like, photo dumps which I think is so fun but I want to get more into the reels I want to I want to do that but I think that consistency has been one of my strengths in terms of growing my channel is that like I will barely ever miss an upload unless I was literally on my deathbed with COVID like I six years like since the barn videos I've probably missed I don't know I can probably count on like two hands but you've never you've never like taken a break I've never taken a break. I've always been consistent. I've always had an upload schedule. I think the issue with YouTube is that like, it's hard to take breaks. The the algorithm won't work in your favor. It's it's really hard. There's people that do it obviously like after vlogmas and stuff, but I think the consistency has helped so much because I'm not busy at the end of the day, you know, trying to edit a podcast last minute or like trying to film a TikTok, which like once again, like nothing wrong with, but I'm definitely the person that's like putting my heart and soul into this platform and seeing where it takes me. And if I need to evolve onto a different platform later on, like I will do it. But in my head, it's like YouTube is what's working best for me right now. Let's put our heart and soul into it. And if YouTube goes on the decline and I need to hop on TikTok, like I will after. Right. You know? And do you do the same uploads, like the same days every week? Yeah. So Sunday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, 11 Eastern every single week. I think I don't know. It's weird because I like both. Like I like people that don't have an upload schedule. Like Rachel Rocky is a good example. Like I love just like randomly love. logging on and being like, oh, a vlog from Rachel. Fantastic. I love. And I also like, I love her literally so much. Like I just want to be her friend. Like same. I just want to be your friend so bad. Okay. I think um, we like the same types of videos because I like her so. and then like Julia and Hunter. Like I yes. like the very just their vibe, which yeah, I love realistic. that vibe, which is what I try and put out for people Same. because I love watching that Same. but I also like an upload schedule like I like knowing 
I okay, I don't even know anyone's upload schedule, but like let's say for example, like I like knowing that so and so uploads on Sundays and Wednesdays. So Wednesday morning I wake up and I know there's gonna be a video from them. So yeah. Okay. So I have a bunch of like a few listener questions I want to get into, but just lastly on this YouTube note, do you have any advice for either people like me who have been doing YouTube for a few years or just someone who's starting a channel? Like anyone who's on YouTube today in 2022, what would be your biggest piece of advice or top tips? Okay. Biggest top tips. Consistency, obviously. Like no one's going to watch a video if you upload once a month and then disappear. Two, if you want to be in a niche that's saturated, figure out where you stand out. Figure out what sets you apart. Three, and I love giving this piece of advice because no one wants to say it, but vlogs are not what's going to make you grow. No one is searching vlogs. No one is searching spending the weekend with my boyfriend at the strawberry field. Like no one can find that video. And when people reach out and say like, why isn't my channel growing? And I look at their channel. I'm like, it's because you can't search. I'm not searching weekend in my life. I'm not searching day in the life. I'm not searching spend the day with me, right? Like you need to figure out what searchable videos you like, whether it's a work day in my life, what I eat in a day college week of my life like searchable videos start putting out that content that you want to put out obviously and then when you have a following then you can kind of integrate the vlogs but you need to figure out how to grow and it's not going to be from vlogs and people don't want to hear it because people want to film vlogs it's what they enjoy watching but make it a searchable vlog week of my life college vlog work day of my life monthly reset routine like just do something that allows you to grow and then implement the vlogs because I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they're like I love watching Rachel Rocky's videos and she just vlogs her day but if you upload to spend the day with me how the heck is anyone gonna find that like when you have one subscriber (laughs) exactly and that's something I recently pivoted recently pivoted to because I was doing all of these like workout class reviews and like very searchable content for a long time and then I realized Wait, the people I like watching are Rachel Radke and these people. Yeah. But that's no way to grow. And I knew that. So I did like mm-hmm. a ton of research on whose vlogs did blow up. Like Tess Barkley, yeah. for example, her biggest video was a vlog. So I'm like yeah. trying to take note of that. And I notice every single one of those vlog titles are super searchable or specific. So like day in the life of whatever job you have in whatever city. Yeah, totally. Like very specific. And I even started making my vlog titles like, one that did really well recently was how I'm juggling three part-time jobs in New York City. And then it says like work week in my life at the very end, just so people know what it is. But it's like, people are going to click on it to see, whoa, how is she juggling three jobs? How is she doing? Like what is she doing? I agree. Like, I think it's even possible. Like if you want to film like a weekend in my life, like do some research figure out what to title it. Like you said, put something like really catchy at the front and then put weekend in the life at the end. And tags are also really important. I use TubeBuddy and I think it's helped a lot, but yeah, people don't want to hear the vlog thing. And I'm like, if you want to do it, just make your titles a little catchy. And I think the titles, because otherwise when you see a random person with two subscribers say day in the life, semicolon, Trader Joe's, (laughs) manicure, like I don't care. And you don't know them well enough, right? To be right. like, oh, I'm curious what your day entails. Like, not to be rude, but you don't know these people. You don't, you haven't clicked with them yet. So, like, why would I watch a Trader Joe's haul if I don't even know who you are yet? Right. So, it's okay to film the vlog, but how are you going to get people to get into the vlog to then get hooked on your personality and want to yeah. know more? It's with a title that's like 
you know, how I'm coping gotcha. after X, Y, Z or something or like back into routine or just like something searchable. And if you want, you know, the best of both worlds upload, you know, your vlog every second week and then in between do a searchable video. Or if you want to do yes, two videos a I week, like, have the compromise there. I'm not saying don't upload the vlogs, but people right. got to put some work into it. Do some research. Also like morning routine. It could be a full vlog, but yes. the title could be like, you know, totally coming a morning person or 6am morning routine or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's for the vlogs, you got to get creative with your title. You really do. It's 2022. Everyone's vlogging. You got to figure, exactly. figure out how to make your title pop. So people click on it. Yeah. I learned that through Shelby too, because none yeah. of her videos have the word vlog in it or anything. It's no. just like the craziest thing that happened in the vlog. Yeah. And then like, that's the title. Yeah. Um, okay. We got a few questions for you. Yeah. How do you manage health, career, YouTube, family, etc.? Ooh. Um, I feel like that's like the number one question anyone wants to know when someone balances like a job and also like a side hustle and whatnot. And it's cliche, but I'm a Google calendar galley through and through. Mm. And like we said at the beginning, like I plan my self care. I don't work on the weekends. I really treat YouTube as a job. And I understand that as a part timer, easier said than done than someone who's doing it full time. But I did do it full time for two to three years. And the biggest like takeaways I got from that are figure when figure out when you work best, right? Is it Saturday mornings? Is it after work? Is it getting up early? And like utilize that window, but not all of those windows. Like don't get up before work, and edit a video, edit after work, and then edit on the weekend. Like fit, find your like prime work few hours put those in and then make sure to schedule in that self-care, right? Like for me, I don't work weekends. I, I didn't even when I had a full-time job, like I would rather get up a little bit early or work a little later at night and have that time for myself on the weekends. I'm also just realistic. Like I'm not getting to the gym every single day. Like I could, if I really was passionate about it, but I'm not okay. I go on my hot girl walks. I get my 15,000 steps a day. Wow. It's not realistic for me to go. Like, I don't want to go work out every day. So I don't force myself to go to the gym every day. I'll go like once or twice a week. Um, and also just treating YouTube like a job, which is really hard. Um, like telling family like, Oh, I have to work for a bit. And they're like, well, it's the weekend. And I'm like, no, like YouTube is my job. It's actually what's paying my bills. So I, I need yeah. to work for a little bit. Like getting that backbone of like knowing when to say no to people, obviously important to say yes, go out with your friends and stuff. But I think a lot of people are really quick to toss away the side hustle and not treat it like a job, especially at the get go, which I mean, can be very, very hard for sure. Um, and then also, I think it's just like dependent on your situation. Obviously, Matt is a nurse. And so working with his schedule, there's I mean, before, like he works Monday to Friday now, but before, like when he was his four days on, like I had a ton of spare time because, you know, like a lot of my friends are nurses too. And so those four days that he was working, I would jam pack my days with work so that on his five days off, we could spend the time together. Like everyone's going to have a different social situation, like a home situation. But I think that's what worked for me was knowing that like, okay, jam pack your four days of work and then your five days off, you can just like chill or hang. And of course, having a supportive partner. Yeah, Stella just really slammed against the closet and scared me, but oh my god. <laughs> I think like having a supportive partner and family helps too. Like if I tell Matt like it's Saturday morning, I try not to work on the weekends, but if I like really have to edit for an hour or two, he's like, go for it. Like right. it's work, like no big yeah. deal. So it's really prioritizing and then also setting yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Okay. No, totally. So your next bunch of questions were all based on budgeting. Yeah. So let's talk budgeting for a bit yeah. until we go to the ending segment. 
So someone said, which I have the same freaking question. How do you write every expense you have every day? I always start and then eventually stop. Um, so I don't do it every single day. I just don't think that's like attainable. Um, I think you have to like pick what works for you. Like whether it's weekly, whether it's like on your Sunday reset, um, I do mine weekly around the end of the week. Um, I think a part of it has to do with keeping up with it because I put it on the internet. So like, I have to keep up with it because it, it is, you know, like work for me, but I just like transitioned money into a positive thing and it has nothing to do with how much money you make, but I like look forward to it. I look forward to seeing where I'm at. It's like kind of like a little game for me. And so I think just finding what's sustainable for you to be inputting these expenses. Also, you don't like have to, like you could just add them up at the end of the month and then go from there. But like really whatever works for people, like if doing it every day or even every week is not sustainable for you, then just do it at the end of the month. That's actually such a good point in how you said like change your mindset around it and your perspective, because I remember when I used to work pre-pandemic, like in an office nine to five, I used to come home and dread cooking. Like it was the last thing I wanted to do. And since I've changed my mindset to like, wow, I get to finally at the end of the day, be off the phone, cook with my boyfriend, spend quality time, like not be on a screen. It's like a mindful activity. And sometimes it really is that simple, just changing your mindset. So I'm going to actually yeah. try that. No, I, I think that finances, like, I think one of the biggest questions I get is like, how do you just enjoy budgeting? And I'm like, for so long, I didn't, I would dread getting the paycheck because it would all go on like my credit cards. Cause I had awful spending habits. And it's all about like learning to find the positives and things, which is like so cliche, but like, I look forward to budgeting because I know that I'm getting closer to like financial goals I've set I think goal setting is great too right like if you're kind of feeling like oh I have no purpose with money set some like attainable goals for yourself and know that like every time you fill out your budget spreadsheet whether it's weekly monthly bi-weekly like you are one step closer to those goals okay I'm gonna start like budgeting with you I'm sure so many people already do do that but like I'm literally gonna like pull up your video on the tv as I have my budget up and just like And people do that with their resets. They always like wait and do their resets when like my video is on. And I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm going to start doing that. I like, I watch all your vlogs. I, I think I'm that person that also gets scared of the budgeting stuff. So I avoid it. Um, Yeah, no, totally. Which is why. Which is totally fair. I know, but it's not good. So (laughs) um, what else inspired you to start your YouTube channel? Already answered that. Okay. Last one, budgeting for a dog. What are your expenses for Stella? How do you manage it? That's a great question. That is a good one. I feel like not a lot of people like ask. Um, Obviously, we bought Stella during the pandemic, which she was a pricey puppy because all dogs were expensive during the pandemic. So we obviously like saved up for her. We both sat down and like talked about like what a comfortable number was that we would spend on a dog. Um, Going through ads, just like see how much dogs are because I feel like puppies are something people do on whims which never recommend but especially financially like the, oh let's just take two thousand dollars out of the savings and go buy a dog like yeah. sit down do your research see how much dogs are costing um save up for that if you don't have the money for it please don't pull it out of your emergency fund a dog is not an emergency the dog can wait like one or two months mm-hmm. um and then in terms of like monthly expenses I mean obviously her vaccines for the first year were pretty pricey we probably spent like $500 over the course of a year, right? Getting her her shots. I'm all about sinking funds. I'm all about getting an estimate and then saving up for it because I think that's where you build 
a bit of financial freedom in the sense of like, you're not stressed out. You're not pulling from your savings. You're not like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for these $200 vaccines? Right. So we asked our vet when we first got her, you know, how much will her vaccines cost for the year? We asked them a year ahead of time, how much is her, her neuter, her spay going to be so we can save up for that. And then there's kind of like the two routes to go. There's the pet insurance route, which we didn't do just because it doesn't cover a lot when they're young. I don't know about the US, but in Canada, at least it just didn't seem worth it to us. But I know a lot of rescues, if you're going to rescue, they do make you have pet insurance. So obviously put that into your monthly budget, but we just put money aside um, for her. Like we have like, I have like a pet emergency fund if something were to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of gradually would save up for that. Um, And then in terms of like monthly expenses, I mean, she's like, she's alive. She's pretty chill. We just buy her food and toys and I have like a budget section in my budget for just like Stella like 50 bucks a month you know if she needs supplements if she needs food if she needs a toy or two which she doesn't need but if you know I want to buy her a toy or two it's there but I'm all about like budgeting it in and then just making sure you have some money set aside for emergencies or even like you could just use that money for vaccines you know or if like you know the dog gets an ear infection or something you have like let's say even just $500 set aside that way, when you're going to the vet, you're not like, oh, should I take my dog to the vet? Should I not? Do I have the money for it? It's not a surprise and you have the money there. Yeah, I think that's such a smart tip to ask the vet in advance and just plan yeah. for it. Okay, ending segment, fun facts and favorites, rapid fire. So this first oh, question reminds me, because you're a book girly, you're basically a booktuber. Um, you, if you ever do go on TikTok, need to be a book talker. That's See, thing. I like. I really want to do it, and I need to take my own advice. I need to do it because I have so many book talk accounts that I follow that I'm like, where would I stand out? You know what I mean? But I need to take my own advice and like put my own spin on it, which is why I like slowly did it with the bookstagram. And I was like, kind of for a hot second, thinking like I need a whole separate book channel because I think I'm at that point where I almost have too many niches, and the book videos don't have their chance to grow because I only film them like once or twice a month. But you but I love, will get on booktop. You love all the things B books, budgeting, barn. Like you could Yeah. You I could should like be, B, B, triple B. Books and budgeting. Like that could just be your niche on TikTok. <laughs> if you watch um Maddie Mayo, she's one of the hosts of OK Sis. She's a book yep. talker, but like also lifestyle and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But what makes her stand out is like her sense of humor and she's just like so silly. So that could help you just see someone who's doing it differently it just helps to be like okay it's not the same old thing like just for inspiration no I agree I think too like I'm very unfiltered with my book reviews like if it's a popular book and I thought it like absolutely fucking sucked like I have no issue saying (gasps) that like this was unfiltered book book reviews that's literally literally me with Colleen Hoover there you go I have no issue saying that I don't like Colleen Hoover so I feel like that's where yeah oh no I have an issue with that (laughs) I'm kidding. I get it. That's like all I read. I'm not an avid reader. So it's just an easy book. I think that like the thing with books too, is that everyone has just such different opinions. Everyone has very different triggers. Like for me, I just don't like reading Colleen Hoover because all she talks about is problematic relationships, which for yes. some people, and for me, like, I don't want to relive that part of my life. So oh my God, you're right. No, I loved Verity though. Like I'm all team Colleen Hoover needs to make more thriller books. Yeah. Um, her only but, like, one it's a good place to start like a lot of people get into reading because of Colleen Hoover and I love that for them I just don't that's love me. it for me that's all yeah okay well yeah. then that's the first question what is your favorite book and since you're a book girl maybe give us one fiction one non-fiction oh oh I would probably say The Wives by Taryn Fisher is probably okay. my all-time favorite book 
for like nostalgia reasons, it was the first book I picked up during the pandemic. Like I was an avid reader in my childhood. Um, obviously went to university, did not have time to read. And then I remember March 13th, remember where I was, I was at Walmart getting groceries. I saw this book and I was like, well, I'm going to have a lot of spare time if we're going to be inside for two weeks. Little naive me has a crippling book addiction again. Um, I'm jealous. <laughs> so definitely The Wives by Taryn, Taryn Fisher is really great thriller. Nonfiction? I'm not a nonfiction galley, really. Oh. Um, so don't worry about I do, it. I definitely have a few. Yeah, I definitely couldn't even, like, recommend one. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite workout? Walks, 15,000 steps. Definitely walks. I'm a big walker. I think it comes with having a dog, too, though. Like, I have a very high-energy dog, so I love to walk. I love to be at the dog park. I love to hike with Stella. Big walking gal, but I also love um, running. Obviously, avid runner here. Um yeah, running and walking. So like basically the same thing, just like two different speeds. <laughs> speeds. <laughs> okay, favorite podcast. Oh. I'm gonna have to say Ellen Pompeo's podcast. I recently just found it. Ooh. I'm the biggest Grey's Anatomy stan in the world. I have seen it probably like beginning to end like eight times. Oh. I love her voice and I love her personality. Um, and I recently discovered she has a podcast. I should remember what the name of it is, but she interviews like a ton of Grace people. Like she had Kate Walsh on, she had Patrick Dempsey on and she had Taylor Jenkins read on recently. Underrated. And it's amazing. Especially if you love Grace, it's called tell me with Ellen Pompeo. And I like love celebrity podcasts where they sit down with other celebrities and she's just like very unfiltered. Like you can tell she doesn't care if she gets in trouble for like shitting on the Grey's Anatomy like set or something like, Oh my God. I love that. How it is. And yeah, she did like a best of Grey's Anatomy episode. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's great, but I like love her voice. I've always been like obsessed with how unique her voice is very comforting to me. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Have to check that out. When do you feel your happiest? Probably when I'm drinking coffee. (laughs) No, you're going to say alcohol. I was like, we have a problem. (laughs) Also wine. Also, no, no, no. Um, I would say probably when I'm at the lake. I feel like really happy and like zen when I'm at the lake, but also like just something simple like sitting in the morning with my coffee. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? Oh, mac and cheese and a cinnamon roll. My two favorite things in the world. And a glass of white wine, obviously. Delicious. Big cinnamon roll Like, go-to dessert in a bakery, always a cinnamon roll. Wow. Okay. Any kind of mac and cheese, although I do have IBS, but it's like, it's fine. We just- Same. It's fine. (laughs) Fine. Okay. Where can the people find you and anything you're doing? YouTube, all the things. Yeah. So my YouTube is just my name, Carter Sullivan. I'm pretty- on to Instagram. Um, it's just Carter Sully. And then I also have a book Instagram if anyone wants like more in-depth reviews and it's just Carter's book club. But those are, like the three main platforms. I have TikTok, but I post like once every six months on there. So <laughs> put your energy into another platform following me. Give her a follow. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to put this out and it was so nice I'm catching so up with you. Yes. It was so nice.